go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm tired. My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. The Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning, everyone, and thank you again for being here. Welcome to our weekly Sunrise Project call. As always, this morning, I'm so happy you're here, and I hope that we all find some solace and peace this morning as we work to heal ourselves and our families and our loved ones in a safe space that's filled with love and compassion and that mutual desire. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This morning, I am um, really delighted to have Kelly Chapman with us, our executive director, Uh, and we're doing something special this morning where we are opening up the floor uh, for a conversation with all of our village and all of our mothers and fathers and caregivers who are here with us uh, this morning. One thing I know for sure about Sunrise is that being transparent and being vulnerable really is um, foundational to how we can build relationships and how we can realize that we're not alone, like that so many of us are going through the same types of experiences and feeling the same helplessness or loneliness or sadness. And by being vulnerable and by being open and authentic, we realize that so many of us are going through the exact same things. And once we get over that fear and we shift into a space of faith, miracles really can happen. And so as I've shared um, before, Sunwise was really born out of a desire to share 
openly and have a community to gather around each of us uh, and to tell each of us that we're not alone and that things will get better. And there really can be testimony after significant trials. So this morning, Kelly thought, and I agree, why don't we open the floor and have a conversation about our challenges, about our triumphs, about things that we're still learning, about ways we have changed our own behavior uh, over the past several months or even a couple of years now. And so we wanted to open the floor. This is still a very safe space. It's a loving space. Um, if you're comfortable sharing, we would love to hear your voice. And so uh, with that, we really want to open up the floor and have a conversation about a few things. As I mentioned, first, you know, what challenges have we faced? I know I've shared, Kelly has shared. We've been extraordinarily open with our challenges uh, as parents and caregivers. We'd love to understand that first. You know, what challenges have you faced? And we'll open up the floor. And Kelly, did you want to say something as well? Sure. I just think back to when we first started and where I was. Um, I don't know if everybody was on when we first started, but I was a blubbering mess when we first started because I had COVID, my mother had COVID. And oh, by the way, my mother has uh, mental illness. So she's got schizoaffective disorder. She also has bipolar and she also is depressed, has manic depression. So, and she's had it for a very, very long time. And I had to move her in with me during COVID because the nursing homes went on lockdown and I was just like, no way, there's no way I'm leaving her in there. So I was struggling with uh, long hauler COVID, which meant I had all of the symptoms except I could taste and I could smell, but I had anxiety. And so top that off with somebody who has swings and it also is now blind and it can be a 24 hour or as they say in the book, a 36 hour day. So I started off very, very emotional. And then um, last year I became, I'd say very testy. I started to, when things started to happen, I got very testy with it. And in and just being a part of Sunrise and hearing everyone's stories and hearing from the experts has really helped me because I have now learned how to set boundaries and I've also learned how to manage my expectations. And I will tell you that not only was I dealing with my mother, but I was dealing with a narcissistic relationship. So, you know, we have, we all have these situations where we're dealing with our kids or we might have a, a brother or sister who has mental illness, but then there's other things that we're dealing with in our lives. And I was also in a narcissistic relationship. And I thought through the Sunrise Project that, you know, we could start to work through some of those things. And with somebody who has NPD, it's not always possible. So um, just a lot of emotions that I went through and also learning how to manage expectations and boundaries. And so I'm just glad to be here and I look forward to uh, hearing other people's stories. Yeah. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, 
anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Thank you, Kelly. I think um, before people jump in, please feel free. For me, I love that you shared that. For me, the biggest thing was over this past couple of your journey has been acknowledging the situation and accepting the situation um, and really, really, truly accepting and not comparing. I remember Sylvia High talking about comparison is the cheat of joy. And so many of us are in these you know, organizations, whether it's sororities or mother's organizations or whatever they may be. And we often are at these monthly meetings talking about, oh, Johnny did this, Susie did that. Oh, so-and-so got accepted to such and such. And when you have a child that's on a different path, it is hard to be in a real serious space of acceptance that my child's not going to college and that's okay, which is really hard. Like that's a huge challenge I know I faced with still hoping and well, maybe, well, maybe, you know, he applied, well, maybe, you know, but the reality is some children, that's not the path and being okay with that and accepting that and acknowledging that those to me were the first two foundational um, challenges and uh, realizations I had to have about really getting rid of the comparison, getting rid of any sort of arrogance or judgments and uh, acknowledging and accepting where I am, where my family is, where we are. And that's okay. And it is okay. And that his path is his path. So I'm going to pause there because I see uh, someone has their hand up. Please feel free to chat. I'm struggling this morning as I struggled last night. Uh, my son has come back home from college this semester. And we've come back to sort of where we ended the last time it was he was here, which is an extremely frustrating place to be. Um, I am struggling with how to set boundaries, how to establish more order in my household, and just how to get him to respect and acknowledge me. And I feel that I'm asking for the same things every day, which is just, I mean, your basic chores. <laughs> it's like I hear myself yelling every single day and just being upset and just being in my head and just wondering why he doesn't listen and why I'm not getting any respect and why it seems like I failed as a parent. It's like, how did I not raise these kids to be more self-sufficient? How did I not raise them to be more helpful? Why am I always doing everything? And I... You know, on top of that, my mother is very ill. She's in the hospital. And, you know, it's just, it just seems like one thing after another. And Kelly mentioned boundaries. And I don't know if I know how to set those and having realistic expectations. But I guess the most realistic expectation I had and I hoped my kids would follow through with is just being a responsible adult. And, you know, what I'm getting from my son is playing video games and smoking weed. And I'm like, okay, that's it? Is that the whole of what is going to happen here? I can't even get you to shovel the ice off the deck. I can't get you to shovel the snow. I can't get you to put away your things. 
and he just slammed out because I didn't realize he was downstairs. So he's hearing this. So I'm just frustrated and I'm struggling. And I, I just would like to some input from those who are yeah. either dealing with similar situations. Because I, I, I made a decision last night, and this is the last thing I will say, that he was just going to sleep on the deck under the gazebo. I didn't care how cold it was. And every hour, half hour, 15 minutes that he refused to do the simplest things, which was clean the deck. I mean, I'm falling every time I come in my house, up the driveway, on ice, on snow. And I've been asking this boy to do it for a week. So I said to him last night, if you don't do this thing within the next half hour, you can sleep on the deck. I will throw blankets out there. And every half hour, I'm going up saying, get out, get out. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. The cats are going off. So anyway, I'll just stop here. I just don't know which way is up. So if y'all can help. Oh, I don't know if I can help, but I can certainly say that I can relate because I'm in kind of that sandwich situation as well. I have a, a wonderful daughter who moved in with me um, about, about a year ago, and we were having a lot of challenges. And I will tell, in addition, by the way, my mother's in the hospital. She's been in the hospital since November, almost died. And I'll get back to that in a minute. But my daughter was with me and we were having some challenges. And I will tell you what we ended up doing is we got counseling. So there is an expert from the Sunrise Project that I reached out to and we, we did uh, individual counseling and that has made a tremendous difference. But I will also say I had to get to a point when I say boundaries, where I literally said, you're going to have to leave here. And I knew it was gonna hurt me more than it would hurt her, but I literally, I had to just get to that point where I had the courage to say in faith, knowing that she would be okay if she moved out of my place. And I gave her uh, 45 days. And, and at the same time that I gave her those 45 days, she was also going through counseling. And so we were able to work through that. She ended up still living with me and ended up working out ways that we could live together that would be a win-win for both of us. And I'll tell you, we have not had any more challenges now because I also learned how to adjust how I react to things. Because when I say I was testy, I used to get very angry, not just at her, but I got angry at my mother. And um, speaking of that, I also wanna talk about the fact that you said you're getting frustrated and pissed off with your son. I, I used to get frustrated and, and angry with my mother. And then I had to finally realize that it's not her. It's not her, it's mm -hmm. her disease. That's right. And as she sits in the hospital right now, only because the medical part is cured, but the mental part they could not get a handle on. And so no nursing home would take her back. Sitting with her every single day, I still had to work through, it's not her. Even when she's fighting, even when she's anxious, even when she's split personality, even when she's paranoid, I had to, I had to work through in my mind, peace. Peace be still because it's not her. And so if you can, all I can say is if you can set boundaries and change your expectations, knowing that it's not him yeah. and be patient. I'd love to add, because I have the exact same situation right now. And what I have learned and had that experience on Christmas Eve, which happens to be my birthday and was, was triggered and snapped back to old Kelly and just went off mad and upset. And I looked at, with the help of a therapist and a coach, why was I so upset? Because exactly what you said just now, 
I was, I, the pain underneath that of what did I do wrong? How did I, what's wrong with me? That this is my child, that this is the vision, the, the person that I birthed. And so that pain of, I clearly did something wrong and this is my fault and blah, blah, blah. So what I would say we have to, and I'm working on this. We have to work on what Kelly just said, how we respond and we can make a choice one, we have to make a choice to forgive ourselves and to love ourselves. And Tina Lifford, who's been a speaker here, her book has been really powerful for me. And one of the things she talks about is just these 14 practices. And one of the practices is about loving ourselves. I, I practice the art of forgiveness with myself and with others. So I repeat that constantly, right? I practice the art of forgiveness with myself and with others. I ask to profoundly appreciate, accept, and deeply love myself and to believe in my value. And then I think as it relates to the situation with our children, what Kelly mentioned in this practice of I can choose a self-empowering response to any situation. So that is really hard. And yet at the same time, the choice you can choose to say, okay, my son's not going to struggle the driveway. Okay. It's just the reality. And so let's find someone to do it. Let's call somebody, put something on the listserv, get somebody else to come do it and sit in that and be okay with, he's not going to do it. Instead of blaming ourselves, blaming him, being mad, triggered, pissed off, all of that, get some assistance to do it and leave him alone. That has been what I have had to do to be in a self-empowering space of love and compassion. And it is a daily, daily, daily journey daily mm -hmm. of choice somebody else has their hand up hi um oh wow this is just so powerful for me listening because first i want to really thank the sunrise project because i had the whole thing you know during the pandemic i had not just my mother but i also had my aunt coming in with anxiety and then my son's mental health issues started really um, going through challenges and to the point where, you know, had to give him in a facility so that he could get some support to deal with a dual diagnosis, which I didn't know anything about. Um, but throughout this journey and how challenging it is, what I have learned, and to that end, I have to say that a lot of, you know, I've rarely missed sunrises, but learning that I had to focus on myself. And so when I hear the last caller just talk about the struggle and the push and shove and the whole, you need to do this and you need to do that, it just doesn't work. <laughs> and, and once learning that I had to really focus my attention into my own mental health and increasing the amount of times that I saw my own therapist and really start focusing on my own health. I mean, it sounded so selfish in the beginning when I kept hearing you say, take care of yourself and your mental health, blah, 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 blah. That's really what I thought because I didn't think I could do it. But it has been the most rewarding piece. And I say that because all of my sons, I have three, they, they have all said that I'm better. 
And I think I'm better because I'm reacting to them better. And I am not taking on. Um, having said that, now one of them can live with me. Everybody gotta go. You know, it's like, I, it's, it's, it's literally cheaper to subsidize their living than it is to keep them with me and make me crazy and constantly triggered. And so I learned a lot from, um, so Kelly, shout out with Kyle. Oh my goodness. Like listening to him and listening, you know, I'll have to subsidize and help and let me help you with your vision some. And that distance was so much more helpful. And you know, now we just have dates every two weeks and it's like, what's up? And now we can have nurturing conversations and and you know, listening and it's just so different, but it started off with me focusing on my own mental health. And I say that because if there's anything that I've learned more that I thought I was calling into this program when my girlfriend told me about it to figure out what to do with my own child, it ended up being, what do I do with myself? And how do I manage myself so that I could be in a better situation to help manage all of these um, circumstances and people that I love that I cannot control and will never be able to control and understanding that it is it shouldn't even be a goal of mine to control. And that has been like that this whole year of growth two years now for me or two years plus is understanding that I have to change myself, manage myself, focus on myself so that I could be a great, better resource to my loved ones, those with mental illness and those without, but also manage my spiraling, right? And the behaviors and the cycle and just dealing with grief because my therapist talked to me about where I was on the grief cycle. And I'm like, really? I thought I was past all of this. I'm not, but it's, I thank you, Kelly, Kelly cubed and other guests. <laughs> right, what go. you're saying is so true. It's all about self. I was just, and as you talked about, um, you know, becoming a great parent to ourselves, you know, we, I remember, I think it was Sharon Green or somebody, one of our speakers talked about what if we were as loving to ourselves as we try to be with others and our children, you know, if we love ourselves as much as we love our children, how much better we would be, you know, I love what you said about your son's commenting as well. That's awesome. And I do also, agree with you. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. And also what she, she said about, um, basically there's just, your peace is priceless. Yeah. So if that means you have to sacrifice a Starbucks every day, to make a financial choice to protect your own peace, so be it. Because your peace is priced. None of this matters if you're not here. None of this matters. So true. And I do think um, to the, the first caller who said, you know, her son is home, your son is home, mine is too. And when I picked him up from the airport, I was thinking he was going back in a few days to go back to work, to make money, to contribute, do what we agreed. He's still here taking a break, quote unquote, air quotes, break, because his friends are home from college. And so the daily challenge of frustration 
around not meeting what we, you know, meeting the expectations and the conversations we shared together. You know, I'll pay the rent, you pay the bills, is a daily choice that I have to make. Say to myself, what you just said, Kelly, I have to protect my peace. I have to stay calm and really work to see the positive where there are positives, you know, put the dishes in the dishwasher. That's a positive, like the small things matter because it used to be tremendously different. Even that type of stuff, be fighting, can't you at least put your dishes in the dishwasher? But I've noticed these, the positives and try to let, as someone just shared to me, let the water roll off my back like a duck, you know, let it just, let it go and not focus on. So um, if there's a way for you to work on getting the help you need from outside of that child that you believe should be doing those things, then you protect your peace. You let them be because as Kelly said, it's, it's not you, it's not your parenting or being a bad parent. It's the disease. It's the illness. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. And so... Um... And a lot of times we feel like we, I know Kelly, I'm a rescuer. So I'm trying to solve everything. I'm trying to protect everybody. I'm trying to fix everything. I'm trying to, you know, be that cushion. But you know, at the end of the day, God is a rescuer. God is the refuge. And so I'm, I'm moving away from me wanting to sit in that space to saying, I'm going to do what I can when I feel like I can do it. If I can't do it, it's okay. I'm going to give when I feel like I can. I'm also going to say what I'm not going to accept. And I'm going to, from that point, this is how I'm going to move. I'm going to move accordingly. This is, this is what I expect. And this is how I'm going to move accordingly. And if no one wants to be involved in that process or if people do, it's fine. But I, this is how I'm going to move. And I'm going to trust God that, that he's got it. He, he's got it. So. You know, the one thing that when you had Jennifer Lewis on that, that resonated with me mm-hmm. when she said that us parents need to stop trying to save our kids and we need to save ourselves because they're going, they're trying to find their way and they're going to do what they want to do. And Lord knows last year was hell with my son. It's gotten a little better now. So one night, I guess it was like 12 or 1230. So just back up for a second. So COVID was really a help for him school-wise. He was in private school all his life. And when he went into his sophomore year, I said, no, I can't do this anymore. And so um, we put him in public school, which ended up kind of like being a big mistake. But actually going into COVID helped because, because when he went into COVID, his grades just skyrocketed. So he did well virtually. So he goes into his junior year, which... You know, we told him, he said, that's the pivotal year because he keeps going, I want to go to college, I want to go to college, I want to go to college. So he goes in and he has like a weighted GPA of the 3.7 and I think his unweighted was like 3.3. Well, last summer, he spent a week with some cousins in Atlantic City who he wanted to go visit his cousin who's like in the 20s. So basically he has no supervision whatsoever. 
and we were going to pick him up and we we're going to go on college tour. What was he doing the whole time there? He was getting high all the time and he was getting high all the time. And so we visited college school start and I'm not kidding you all right now. His grades are like, he's like flunking almost every class. And so, and then, and not on top of that, then he got COVID in December and I've been up to the school and I have like 360 on my phone when, and he's been skipping class. And one day I just looked at my, I pulled up to the house and I looked at Flight 360. He's in the car with somebody and this guy's going down New Hampshire Avenue at 83 miles per hour. And I'm calling him and I'm calling him and he's texting me, what do you want? What do you want? Anyway, he tells me he's in class. I said, I know he's not. So make a long story short, um, one night, because he kept getting high in my house and it was like midnight. And so my husband kind of like went off on him, told me he had to leave. Okay, this is the funny part. You all, he goes and he grabs a clothes hamper, a clothes basket, and he just throws stuff in it because now he's mad, and he leaves, and he takes off in an Uber. So he was gone for like a week, and um, he finally he came back home. When he came back home, he had some kind of sense when he got back home, but during the Christmas holidays, he had all the schoolwork to make up, and so, um, and I've been working with the counselor, the principal, everybody up at that school knows me, so we'll see where it ends because, I, and, I, and I cut off his debit card, because I kept seeing all these little transactions. And then one day a parent calls me, a friend of ours, and says that, you know, it looks like they're dealing drugs. I was like, and, and my, my husband, I kind of suspected it. But, um, but since I've cut off his card, he, he's acting more reasonable now. So I'm curious to see where this is going to be. Because I told him, I said, you know, you want to go to school. And, and somehow enough, he got into Fordham's business school. I was like shocked. I was like, really? Okay. But I was like, so but it's time for him to get out of my house. That's the whole thing. I've got a 35-year-old daughter, and I've got him. And my 35-year-old daughter, she was, she was another one. I put her out at 16, for, and she was gone for a month. But I'm the type of person, it's like, I got to take care of my own mental health. You don't want to be crazy, go be crazy. But I just, you know, so when she said, you got to save yourself and not your kids, I get it. Because they're going to do what they want to do. And I'm not going to try to be crazy, try to save them. And then there's my husband who's trying to save him. And I was just like, he's asking my son, I said, well, you could, you could save him, but I can't be bothered with this. I'm, so I know, doesn't that sound mean though, as a mother? I don't know. No, it doesn't sound mean. It sounds like what you're supposed to do. Just take care of yourself. It doesn't sound mean at all. And I think there's something to be said for our kids building that muscle of trying to figure it out. Because, you know, when my parents got divorced, when I was in the third grade, my father sent $60 a week. And if my mother needed something else, he was like, it's in there. I mean, I love my dad and he's wonderful, but literally he was like, it's in that $60 a week. And, you know, that forced me to go out and get a job. And not only did I get one job, but I got three jobs at the age of 16. And I bought my own prom dress. I bought my own car, you know, and to this day, when challenges happen, I know how to figure it out. Like I have that muscle. And so sometimes we just want to protect our kids from everything and we, and we don't want them to have to suffer any pain because we want them to have a better experience than we did. But often that can just kind of numb their ability to be able to think critically and figure stuff out for themselves. There's something to be said about mothers love their sons and raise their daughters. There is so much truth to that because yes. when you were talking about that $60 a week, when I was in college, my father said $50 a month. Girl, I had a job and everything else when I was in college because $50 a month, I mean, well, it was back in what, the early, late 70s, early 80s. It didn't go far. But, um, but yeah, but there's, there's a whole lot of truth to that. Another thing I wanted to say is something my son said to me that was interesting. He said, 
mom, I'm a teenager. This is what teenagers are trying to do. I'm trying to figure out my life. And so I had to sit and listen to that. I was like, it probably has a point there. Well, oh, go ahead, Kelly. As someone who smoked weed in high school, cut class, and all of the above. <laughs> I still can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, by the, by the grace of God, um, he sent um, a man in my life who was older, and he was in, you know, had a good job. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to be like him. I want to be his girlfriend. And I cleaned my whole act up. And I, I started off at Spelman. And so um, you know, things can, in an instant, things can change. You went to, oh, hey, Spelman says. Yeah, so in an instant, things can change as it relates to some of this stuff with drugs and alcohol, because I will tell you. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. And I think, like you said earlier, Kelly, faith, having faith, that it really all will work out. And um, it really, it really will. We have to focus on ourselves. I completely 100% agree and I'm still a work in progress. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Um, another woman has her hand up. Please feel free. I, I just want to say one, prayers and thoughts go out to all the moms on this call because it sounds like we are all dealing with so very much. I feel like, you know, I'm choking up, but it's not for sadness, right? It's just the weight of just listening to everyone and the concern for everyone and having the same issues um, with my son. However, I think for me last year, and I guess a year before, <laughs> probably a long time in his life, um, I'm realizing that things are cyclical. So that's what's helping me. I think, you know, they go up and down and then they show these glimpses, these glimmers of hope. And I used to hang on that and thinking, wow, this has changed now. Everything's going to be good. And then the next week it's back to the way it was. And so my hope faded. And so I brought myself to the point where recognizing this is an ongoing journey. I don't know where the end is. I do know that it's going to end well because I do have great faith in God. So I know that it's just me kind of going with the cycle and just keeping the faith through the cycle and accepting, a lot of it is accepting what you were saying, Kelly, that he's not, I was in groups, you know, when you listen to all the, the parents talk about their kids and, and I had a daughter who just did wonderfully. And then my younger son came along, I'm like, what? what the heck is this? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand. And so I was so discombobulated at him being different and taking a different, a different path. And I had to really come to terms with that myself mentally um, and psychologically that I had to accept that. It, it wasn't him, it was me accepting that this is a difference and not being embarrassed and humiliated because of it and taking it out on him. That's basically what was happening. I was taking it out on him that he was different. And I have put my son out. I, I Because there's something, I guess, in my socialization growing up that we had to be responsible and accountable and respectful in our homes. And I'm not able to put that on the back burner and allow him to just do anything he wants to do in my home. I'm thinking, look, I'm paying these bills. You don't get to do everything you want to do and not support and help. So I did put him out. And he tells me that that was a horrible time in his life. And he's probably suffered some PTSD as a result of that, right? But he's back, but he does do things differently. 
Um, and he, he does. I mean, he might try to, you know, buck and I'll say, okay, that's not going to work for me. And so he'll get together because he knows I will do tough love. I, that's just my belief that sometimes it takes that. And, but somebody else asked me, should I put my son out? I'm like, I can't say that to you. I cannot say that that's the best thing for you. Right. It was the best thing for my situation. So I, um, I'm careful with giving that advice because I don't know the nuances and the relationship and all of that does matter. And so I don't know this year, I, I, I have not um, professed any big resolutions or intentions. My thing for me is just recognizing that things are gonna change from day to day and just getting my mind and my spirit just ready to, to go along with things changing every day, but also, I'm being intentional about my boundaries and, and what I'm accepting in my home. And unfortunately, um, he's supposed to go back to school. I don't know if that's going to happen, right? With some of our kids, you know, you just don't know. But I said, if that's not what's going to happen, then we, I need to know your plan. Yeah. So anyway, just, you know, peace and blessings to everyone. And let's just keep each other just um, held up because this is, it's so uncertain um, for now. I do believe, I tell my son, I said, I know you're going to be successful. I absolutely know that. <laughs> I don't tell him, I don't know when it's going to be, but I do know that it's right. going to happen one day. But thanks everyone for letting me share. Thank you so much for sharing that because we share so many similarities. I'm sure with many people on this call and um, we share the same. Every day is a new journey. Every day, all we can do is ask for guidance and to walk in whatever God has planned for our families. And it's all predestined. We all know this. And so the challenge is how, you know, doing that and doing it with compassion and love for ourselves and our children. It's challenging, but thank you so much for sharing. I also would just like to say to the sister, you know, there is a scripture that I really lean into and, um, it's Philippians 4.11, and it's, I have learned to be content no matter what the circumstances are. And it's longer than that, but I just want to say the thing that just jumps out at me about that scripture is that it's a learning. I have to learn. So you know that it's going to be cyclical. You know there's going to be ebbs and flows. My mother gets sick about every two years. And so you know that it's going to happen. And then how are you going to react? How are you going to not allow yourself to get worked up? Whatever the emotions are, that is really, you know, that scripture just really has helped me. I love that. And the power of our choice and how we respond. That's so critical. Um, thank you for that comment and for the passage, Kelly. Well, I want to say that, first of all, I'm glad that you joined the call. Um, you are a blessing. Um, understand that you are not in this alone. There, there are, I, I guarantee you are a ton of people on this call shaking their head and nodding as you're just basically reading, reading your life out into this phone. But um, I will say this as well, is, is just being in this community and being able to see people who are at some level on the other side of it is helpful. Um, the best thing to do is definitely talk, see a therapist, have somebody in your in your community, in your in your camp that you can talk to that is, you know, without judgment. And if not, auto sales, 
definitely continue to join these calls and, and talk with people because there are lots of people who can share and maybe just hearing someone else tell you what they've done or how they've gone through or even how they are struggling is actually helpful. So I just wanted to say that. And I just want to say we have all been there, but as Keith said, and as many people have shared, it's been a challenge and many of us try to put on this face and the superwoman cape. And oftentimes we have to take that cape off and just be real and share. And there's an army of people that are here to help and who want to support. And Kelly um, Chapman has an idea that we'd like to share with this group um, to that vein. Thank you. Absolutely. And Kelly? So, you know, I was just thinking as we, because um, we wanted to wrap this up with having everybody uh, set intentions for, how about just for the next 90 days to just be intentional about one thing, to just pick one thing that you can try and work on. And so if everybody could, first of all, just take a few minutes and think about what that is. And then um, once you've decided what that is, I would love it if we could some of us volunteer to be accountability partners with one another. And when I'm thinking accountability partner, I'm not thinking you have to meet for an hour, you have to get together, you even have to share names with the person. But at a minimum, you can text this person. If they wanna talk and you wanna talk, you can get on the phone. Um, who knows, maybe you wanna meet up, but if you just wanna just send that person a text to say, where are you with your intentions this week? How is it going? But don't feel like it's got to be a big chore. It's just, you know, however you all want to do it, just to be accountable because iron sharpens iron. Right. And I just wanted to, I love that as well. Before we wrap, a question that came up around medication and weed. So if you, um, if anyone has any thoughts on that, there was a comment earlier around yeah. many of our children are smoking weed and it often um, conflicts with medication. So how are people dealing with that? If anyone has any insight on that, please share. I just want to make sure we got to that before we wrap up for today. I just wanted to share that um, my child was, had the, was started to abuse the ADHD medication, which is very common. I thought it wasn't uncommon and I was wrong. Again, a lot of my learning and to be quite frank with you, I find that, um, you know, um, that the smoking weed piece <laughs> ended up being a little bit less detrimental when it wasn't abused. Um, and so uh, part of the, you know, once he got completely clean and we were focusing on what, you know, going to the doctor and figuring out what he needed to do, there were definitely some um, challenges with the medication over the weed. And he's actually a little bit better when he wasn't doing both. And we're both working through with the medical piece of dealing with the medical um, marijuana instead of street level stuff. So I just put that out there, um, especially since a lot of us do not know that kids abuse their ADHD medication. And that's, that's a real thing. You. you know, that, that's interesting. You should say that because my son said his ADHD medication spiked his anxiety. And that's why he liked using 
the marijuana and and um and full disclosure i because i can't stand the smell of that stuff and so i got him um a medical marijuana card i had to and it's not cheap and so and i said look because he said mom he said it calms me so i said okay so i got him gummies but then he was explaining and he he takes the gummies at night but he's back to the weed again and so Oh, look, I'm, I don't know what to do. But in March, he turns 18. He's on his own. <laughs> I know that's terrible. I'm like, whatever. Like, he's going to do whatever it is. I mean, he's going to have to find his way, seriously. But, um, but yeah, but that was interesting what you said about the ADHD medication, because he did say that it just, he doesn't really like taking it that much. He'd rather take the, because um, the doctor gave him the, what's the one, the long-term one that you take in the morning. And then she gave him, the one that's short term for homework, but he likes taking the short term one, but he does not like taking the long term one. But yeah, I found that interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So I um, want to just acknowledge everybody for being here today again, and also for sharing so openly and vulnerably. Really appreciate that. Um, it helps all of us when we share. Um, I know I'm speaking for myself and everybody here, I believe, and Kelly as well. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Kelly Chapman to close us out in a prayer. Yes, thank you, everybody, for be being vulnerable today and for sharing, because it really does make a difference. Thank you so much. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. He picked me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Father God, we come to you this morning giving you thanks. Lord, we thank you that we can do all things through you who gives us strength. Today, God, we come to you humbly before your throne of grace. Today on this call, many have shared challenges that they have experienced, challenges that they continue to go through. Many, Lord, right now do not have answers. They are crying out for help right now, Father God. Lord, we just ask right now that you would give them direction. You said, call unto me, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So, Lord, right now, we ask that you would reveal answers to those who need answers, that you would have people come into their lives that can give them direction and guidance, Father God, that you would show them the way so that they would know how to move in this very difficult space, Father God. And then, Lord God, as we step into our intentions for the next 90 days and beyond, whether it's peace, whether it's comfort, whether it's boundaries, whether it's controlling our emotions and our anger. And so, Lord, we come to you just to say thank you. We come to you giving you praise, and we look forward to the testimonies that are yet to come. In all of this, we give you thanks. In your son's name we pray, amen. Have a beautiful week, everyone. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 
or email at info at NAMI.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. 